You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Welcome to episode 140, 140, 140 of the collab cast. It is Monday, October the 2nd, 2017. My name is Marvin Yue. I'm Minji Chang. And we are your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture in Asian America. That was extremely commercial. What? I'm Minji Chang. I'm like, I'm like a game show host. Well, you've been, you know, on your acting bit, so. Yes, I have. <laughs> um, congratulations, by the way. Minji Chang just got casted in um to be I a can't background talk you can't talk about, about it? it what i can't talk about never mind it. then <laughs> <laughs> um i got cast yeah, for a background thing in a thing minji chang you'll see is uh is is make it's, it's a background well i still can't talk about it. they're hella strict <laughs> um surprise background role yes it's pretty freaking <laughs> awesome um our guest this week is Mr. Ben Chung, a.k.a. B-Tech. Hello, hello. B-Tech. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. You might know him from his stint with uh, the Jabberwockies or yep, yep. currently with the Kinjas or hey, back hey. in the day with Kaba Modern. Whoa, we're taking it back. Way yeah. back. Ben Chung is also, I guess, one of the first class classes of collaboration volunteer. Woo-hoo. He is also, we mentioned this multiple times on our podcast, <laughs> how you coined our name. Wow, yes, yes. We're so honest. This is absolutely so first of all, sorry that it, we're at one forty and you're finally here. Wow. Because hey. we we've been meaning to get you on and then also you travel the world like Well Ben's been busy, you know, yeah, dancing on, on TV. Yeah, <laughs> doing all sorts of things, setting up a dojo. <laughs> we do have a dojo. It. But yeah. welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. How have you been? Uh, I've been well. I've been well. Um, yeah, a lot's been happening. We mentioned we're in October already, which is freaking crazy. It's weird. I don't know where this year went. No, but, I have um, no idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, things have been good. We have um, we just celebrated our one-year anniversary of the dojo back in July. Yeah. Can't believe it's already been open a year. And we actually just opened up another dojo in China. In China. Wow. Yeah. That was crazy. So it was kind of cool because we, we opened doors celebrating our one-year anniversary in July. And then in July also was when we opened up our new one. So one year later. No big deal. Whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, with with the help of some really cool, um, great business partners that we have in China, we were able to make that happen. So I know you have droves. I saw the, uh, the Insta story. And I just saw like how many kids are out there like ready to freaking just dance, and I was like, I'm so scared. I have- remember walking through a um, like a subway station in China and just seeing. Just, they have like a big mirror wall in the middle of this this subway station, and people are just practicing moves. It was like half hip hop and half K pop moves. Oh my god, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, China's uh, the world. Their dance scene is like really bubbling up like crazy right now, and it's it's getting huge. And yeah, for some weird reason, K pop is like really huge in yeah. China too. I think it's just all over Asia, but yeah. You and here, kids- honestly, I'm seeing it like <laughs> colleges here. You see, they have other K pop crews. That's yeah, crazy. you can tell because one half of them wearing sneakers, the other half wearing like high heels. 
Right. Interesting. <laughs> culture. Um, for those of you who uh, have been living under a rock, let's be honest, and don't know what we're talking about, Ben is a professional dancer. Um, Was that not clear? <laughs> I don't think we ever mentioned uh, just dance. Oh, we just talk about all the names. Yeah, we're talking about the Jabberwockies. Just name drop because that we're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, because also that's what we live and breathe. And so if you don't know what we're talking about, why? You, no, you're here to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk more with Ben about his life as, as um, life and dance and just all the cool stuff that he's been doing after the break. Um, but before we get there, every... Every week, we start off with a roundtable discussion um, talking about the pop culture and Asian American stories that are on our minds. And this week, um, who should we start with? Let's start with Ben. What's on your mind, Ben? What's on my mind? Um, shoot, there's a lot that's on my mind. But um, <laughs> Hey, we're therapists, too. We're very good <laughs> listeners. Yeah, let's, let's get into a little therapy session. No, um, I, I saw the movie Gook. Um, nice. uh, directed and written and uh, starring Justin Chan. Yes. Um, yeah. It was freaking really good. Um, and I didn't know what to expect like going into it. I'm like, oh yeah, I know it's kind of like about the riots, but um, it was such a an accurate depiction that I felt was very authentic in terms of like yeah. the Korean American experience during that time. And it took me back because like, I mean, I lived in that time. I was in elementary school when the riots were happening and, and I was living in the Valley at the time. So I wasn't like in greater LA, but I remember that there was like, like definite uh, residual, like, um, you know, just effect even in the Valley where, uh, you know, there was a strict curfew. You couldn't be out past like 5 p.m. Uh, you couldn't wear certain colors. Uh, you couldn't wear sports attire like anywhere and like. That's when school uniforms were like, uh, like in strict like effect too. Wow. Um, and then my dad, uh, he owned um, uh, a pest control uh, business in K Town, like off of like Western and like Sixth. And uh, he didn't go to work for like a whole week because like it was just like on like lockdown and stuff. Wow. And so, yeah. and then I just remember seeing just on like Korean news like what was happening. People on top of like you know HK Market with like <laughs> rifles and stuff. I'm like, what's happening? I mean, I was young then, so I didn't. It didn't quite register, but like, um, yeah. So just seeing this film uh, and and uh, it, it took place not in like K Town, uh, but it was kind of like on the outskirts, like in Paramount or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just really authentic. Uh, David So also was in it; he killed it. Like I was super impressed by his performance. Go David! Um, yeah, and I just felt like it was uh, such a good, um, especially in our current time, with just you know the climate of like uh, just what's happening socially, politically, and and like just racism being a thing. And, and uh, I guess no one's ever told the Korean-American experience from the riots. I think there's always the, the black experience, which is obviously super important. But uh, for us to have accurate representation uh, from a Korean-American himself who, who wrote it and directed it and started and freaking smashed it, uh, so good. So with good. With his dad, too. With his I dad. Mean, that was so it was, cool. It was such a real... I, I mean, I was saying, I was a kid, so I knew that it happened. It was just a fact. And I'm up in the Bay, so I knew it as a factoid. I didn't know anything, the gravity of it. I didn't know the repercussions. I didn't know what people were going through as a child. But I'm learning as a grown adult, like watching documentaries and stuff, and even stuff on YouTube. What And then just recognizing how relevant, how sadly, like, incredibly relevant it still is. For sure. Like, damn. And, but it, it's a different nerve because, you know, community. And it's like, my parents own a small business, too. That could have easily been them. 
you know? For sure, yeah. And my my grandma and my grandma's siblings, they all are like small business owners all over the place. Yeah, I mean, something that a lot of people might not realize, especially if you're not in LA, was that um, Koreatown was kind of like the buffer between the the black community and the white community of like right. Beverly Hills and <laughs> yeah geographically kind of, yeah it's like yeah, right there it was and it was used as a like a buffer zone the Korean American businesses took the brunt of the the angst from the Rodney King verdict and like there's um there's a really great documentary you can watch on YouTube called um Saigu which is Korean for um four two nine right mm-hmm. like April twenty ninth which is the first day of the riots and there's this really really just crazy shot of the policemen lined up on like to protect the white neighborhoods but not doing anything while looting was going while on everything's and, just going wild. Yeah. Wow. it was crazy um and yeah i mean koreatown was essentially burned to the ground that over the, the the days of the riot and those images are always tough to see right yeah, but I think For there's sure. a lot of value in learning. And that's what we've talked about. So we had both Justin and David on our podcast to like cool. just reflect on their whole experience. And I yeah. think, you know, from start to finish, they went through a lot because it's a personal story, right? And for a Korean American men, and then on top of that, like super independent project, like really making it the way they wanted to make it yeah. when they were trying to like get it funded and people were trying to contort it to be something else a little bit for for the sake of the money and justin opting not to do that and david not this is like his first acting role <laughs> yeah, yeah like he was talking about how he didn't know you know he could have he had he was wearing socks on the rocky streets <laughs> i'm telling david stories now but he didn't know and then like one of the assistant directors something like dude do you want socks or like do you want shoes he's like i don't know i'm just like walking <laughs> yeah i also felt like that movie could have been called like david so's worst day yeah he was just getting beat up like all throughout Left and, and yeah, right. just running the streets of LA in socks, which was hilarious. Pretty much. <laughs> They're like, we could put something on the inside of your sock. And he's just like, I didn't know, man. It was method acting. <laughs> like, so it's so sweet. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I have so much respect for them because they, and I, I actually know the people who did the, the crew and the editing and everything. Oh, sweet. So from ground up, it was a total labor of love. And mm-hmm. it, I think it really shined. So I'm glad you got to watch it finally. Yeah, I actually watched it twice. Uh, oh, I mean, like wow. when they did the the uh, premiere week, I guess, uh, at the ArcLight okay, and like the Regal right. Regal Theaters. <laughs> so they did the whole like Q and A thing there, and then um, and then Mike Song was uh, not in town at the time. He's like, "Dang, dude, I really wanted to watch. It. I'm gonna do this. Go watch it again." So we went to go watch it again. Support. Yeah, I mean, it's so. great that it's done so well. It got extended, and I feel like you know we need to give uh, Justin props for touching on such difficult subjects too like there's a couple scenes in there that were like really really hard to watch right like the last the the ending was really tough but also like there is a scene in there where um the korean shop owner literally holds up a little girl by gun like um because there was an actual gunpoint yeah Yeah. you know right and and um so i actually got to host one of the q a's at the regal at the la live and um, that was with Simone and with mm-hmm. Omono, um, the two black actresses who played sisters. And then obviously Simone's like one of the main characters. But in that Q&A, it was a very diverse, it was a smaller crowd, but like very diverse. And people, it, it was really fascinating for me to be hosting this Q&A with these two young black actresses, to be in front of a diverse crowd and just kind of like feel the vibe because everyone was so emotional. <laughs> and feeling, you know what I'm saying? Like everyone's processing this story 
in their through their lens what they've experienced and one of the questions was just like you know how did you even go about like that those scenes that you're talking about i don't want to spoil everything <laughs> but like just going there emotionally and then not you know like you could be triggering a lot of people like how do you even go about that and james the producer was just his answer was they had a conversation about everything they they never left like a stone unturned they're just like we have to be really we have a big responsibility so it's it's hard cuz like they can like either overthink it to the point where like okay we can't do what we want as artists right. just to tell a story but you also have to realize like there's there's a lot of gravity in there's a lot of weight that you're is in this one little scene you better think about it you know yeah. and and get different input on how to do that so all the actors and everyone was like contributing to it that's awesome yeah i think um yeah there's definitely a few scenes in there that like were hard to watch like um the i, I don't know am i allowed to give away spoilers and like what happened it's, in the it's, film? it's been out for a little you still gotta watch it <laughs> you definitely gotta watch it if yeah. you haven't definitely yeah. get in there and watch it um but there's a scene without trying to give away too much it was uh uh, the brother and the sister uh, when he found out like you, you're going to this store and then yeah. like he just starts going off and just throwing out her clothes and it, and it just I, the look on her face was what got me because it, it, I, I believed so much that she was just terrified and I was just like yo dude chill out man you know what I mean? <laughs> you like, like protect that's her. your sister bro you yeah, know? yeah. Um, and then yeah that scene where just the beating up of oneself like wow that's uh yeah, I was just and, and I remember in the in the Q and A, someone um, had asked a question about like it seemed like a very physical uh, role you played, and like you know talking about even like the the fight scenes and stuff like that. And Justin was like, "Yeah, I actually really got hit. Like I told I told them to really hit me. I'm like, because yeah, it really looked like they were kicking you." And he's like, "Yeah, they're really kicking me in because he's like he's he so did. Korean. He would do that. He's like, yeah. get real. Like yeah, talking about method acting, right? I mean, it's just like yeah, they can't get any realer than just Seriously? really just beat me up, just beat the I crap didn't out of me. Know that? Yeah, that Dude, was but Curtis. Cool. Yeah, Keith, the guy that plays Keith Curtis was so fire like uh ruined me i mean it's choked up again everyone Hmm. who hasn't watched this yet you should watch it and i mean we're still talking about it weeks after but it's also meaningful and i also want to say you know the one thing i want to like really note about the success of it was that people rallied i appreciate that because same thing with us happening with like Tiger Hunter, mm-hmm. which is a South Asian immigrant story, and it's really funny. It's a comedy with Danny Pudi. They're expanding it into a bigger, wider market this Good, week. Good because they premiered last week, and it was like yeah. fifty-five cities across the U.S. Wow! And people gotta go, you know, watch it. The eyeballs, the butts, gotta be there. The yeah. dollars gotta show, and it makes a huge difference. So I don't know. It just really means a lot from somebody who we come from the organizing world, where we're all we're like you know asking people we're putting things out in the universe you're just like please is someone listening are you going <laughs> to yeah. watch and you know we want the art to speak for itself but sometimes you know you need help you need other people to like spread the word and tell their friends to go so I think that definitely happened with Gook I think it's happening more with just these stories like they're fun they're awesome to watch they're very like riveting in their own right so good job yeah, yeah it, was, it was really cool to see that it wasn't just like a bunch of Asian folks inside the theaters too like and I'm like you know I sit down and I look around I'm like I wonder who's here <laughs> and like there's just like yeah it's just super diverse multi-ethnic just yeah I was like loving I was like yeah dude like <laughs> I, people actually care about this so it was yeah. pretty cool that's dope I love it <laughs> Speaking of Koreans, uh, Minji, what's on your mind? Oh, we're going to talk about this is, I don't know if this is going to get heavy, but this is how we Koreans do it. Well, okay. I didn't know how to bring this topic up or how to talk about it, but 
Someone's got to do it. I think I have it on here um, on my show notes as Minji's North Korean anxieties. Yeah. <laughs> I brought it up before, but <laughs> I'm just like, I talked about it actually on my podcast too, mm-hmm. because it was, it was causing a lot of anxiety for me in, in, in a very special way. It's not like I was like raving, like this like deep dreaded. I mean, there's this, there's this universal dread that like things are advancing. Of course. Like that, know? that as a human is already just like scary yeah. and um, sad and frustrating and that, but like also in my last five years of my life, I've learned more and more about my family and the fact that we come from North Korea. And I didn't know that until I was like in my late twenties, I didn't know that my grandma escaped with her family. I didn't know that story until literally a few years ago. And I recorded it last year. So I'm still, it's like very fresh for me. And then like, you know, that whole issue is already what it is. And it's sad in and of itself. And even like not knowing I'm from North Korea, I already felt like, oh damn, it's just heartbreaking, right? And to know that it's my parents' motherland and like everything. But right now I'm like feeling, I feel a lot of things on the family level because I'm like, what if I have family there? What if I have like, you know, bloodline? And even besides that, it's heartbreaking again. But like, it's different. It's like even more and more personal. It keeps getting more personal. Then on top of that, just like, that's not actually what I want to talk about. But the thing I want to talk about, I'm just so frustrated because I feel like I need to just blow off a little steam or talk about toxic Korean or Asian male masculinity because I feel like I'm watching the stupidest, like Ben, like we're in K-Town and like the stupid New York bro and the stupid Korean bro who like need to, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I know both of them really well. It's just, they're just fighting over Twitter and stuff and like trying to create a freaking world disaster for everybody and like what is happening right now so anyway i wanted to preface it because it is really deep for me but it's like super annoying to see i don't know and i I was like oh ben's gonna be there and ben's you're like the one of the most zen like (laughs) you know insightful you're an artist like i just adore you and like what do you think about all this like what are both of your thoughts because i (laughs) I'm the female, you know what I mean? I've grown up with Asian men in a certain way, right? And it's just <laughs> a lot. And we've never really talked about that on Collabcast. So I'm going there. Wow, it yeah. just got really heavy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's on my mind. Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I'm not really sure, like, specifically what you're talking about. Do you know about, what I'm talking we, about, the like, Asian bro, though? Like, the, like the guy who gets drunk and has to fight everybody. Oh, okay. So you're talking That's about... Kim Jong-un is the, to me. The, I got you, got you. Just like... All of that. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I think people, somehow, Korean culture, there <laughs> tends to be that stereotype that Korean men are just, you know, hot-headed and, and, and just uh, a lot of ego and, and pride-driven. And I wouldn't say that that's a false thing. I mean, though it's <laughs> though it's uh, kind of overgeneralizing. I but, agree, uh, I agree. Um, it's different now, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I feel like I grew up with, which is like watching a lot of like uncles or like Ajashis at church. For sure. Like even at church, like they would fight, you know, they over <laughs> over things, over like I status. Mean, it and- definitely feels like a, a pissing contest cont- like to the extreme because we're dealing with nukes now. I mean, were we ever not dealing with nukes? <laughs> yeah. But, like, instead of emotional nukes, it's, like, actual nukes. Right? I just want to know. Because, like, for me, I'm very... Like, I talk about problems so because, for me, I'm trying to process how do we get to a solution. 
right? In my mind, in like one of my dream situations, I literally had a dream that I went to North Korea. And it's still one of the most vivid dreams because to me, it feels like a memory. I feel like I went there. And I was there with my mom and I met Kim Jong-un. This is before his dad died. So I remember I was like kicking it with them. They were driving us around. They were like showing wow. us sites. That sounds like a pretty Where cool dream. Yeah, it was scary though. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one of the things that I thought slash felt was like, man, if I could get this this guy, these these younger the siblings, like if I could get them out to California, man, and we could just hang take out. them to Disneyland, That's, just chill them out, dude. Exactly. <laughs> How can we do that, Ben and Marvin? How do we man. like? I don't know. I'm because I've just okay. We don't have to rant about. I just need to get that out. So that's yeah. my thoughts. But I mean, like, I want to know what can people do because I feel like there's this general feeling of like we're just watching madness. You just let it play itself out until you know things get really really shaky or i don't know i don't know if we're supposed to talk about this on a on our podcast because we're a nonprofit. <laughs> this is the reality of the world i mean we can i think with nonprofits, we're not supposed to tell people how to vote on stuff okay, or who to fine. vote for but we can talk about like scary shit in the world oh. <laughs> like, um speaking of scary shit the, your dream reminded me of a dream i had um very recently um it wasn't like a nightmare but I was like working on my computer and I get a Facebook message from Minji yelling at me for not doing something. And I remember being really, very <laughs> that distressed. That is a nightmare. I'm and sorry. Then, <laughs> and then I woke up and I checked my phone because I wasn't sure if I dropped it or not. <laughs> Are you equating me to North Korea right <laughs> no, now? No, <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, that, was my, that was my recent lucid, lucid dream. So the message was her yelling at you. So was it all typed out like in caps, like all caps lock or something? It was like a very like, passive like, Oh, hey, Marvin, did you remember do this got you that scares you and then i was like dude that's some aggressiveness scares my when aggressive. it's coming from me wow. my man my man <laughs> but anyway i don't know that's what's on my mind i'm i'm just i'm scared i just want to put that out there like it, think, it causes anxiety in i me. think we all are because i mean the stakes are really high right and you know the good thing right now is it chances are they won't they won't be able to put together like a missile that will hit the U.S. mainland. Yeah, I guess I'm not really scared accuracy. of like physical harm right now, but it's just the climate, right? It's yeah. creating hostility and anxiety, which like that ripple effect goes, you know, deep. Even if nothing, you know, no destruction happens, it's just not a good climate for us to be like trying to, <laughs> yeah, trying to be living in right now. My friends are having children. You know what I mean? My little <laughs> brother just went into the military, so who knows what that would mean for yeah. him? And like all of it, it's just unnecessary, man. All I want to do is like, what do we got to do? We got to get like a massage thing for you guys, like, <laughs> or get you like, I don't know, what is it? That would be easier, but we're dealing with. Yeah, we're dealing with people who, like, all their lives have thought they're the best or the greatest, right? <laughs> like, how do you get through to that, right? So the moral of the story is... Be humble. <laughs> discipline your children <laughs> yeah. or they'll turn into Donald Trump. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I, I mean, my, my only thing is, dude, we, we just have to pray for this. Uh, our country, we got to pray for what's going on all around the world. Because, I mean, I feel like... Lately, like, I just, I hate watching the news because every time I turn on the news or I get these little pop-up, you know, notifications on my phone, like, from CNN, like, mm -hmm. something crazy is always happening every day. It's not even just something, like, kind of, like, mild. It's, like, freaking 8.3 earthquake <laughs> in Mexico, and then there's another deadly hurricane coming, mm -hmm. and I'm like, 
does everything have to be so extreme, right? right. And then, like, yeah, nukes being fired and blah, blah, blah. It's like, like the world just needs to be cool. Yeah. Just, just be just cool. Chill. Just be cool for, like, Everybody a day. Chill please. out, man. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then I think that's the solution. But here's the thing. So I don't want I'm not trying to say all this to freak everyone out or anything like that to get everybody in some sort of distress call. But at the same time, it's like, we got to find out. If it is to, like, literally meditate our way through this, I say yes, 100%. But it's causing anxiety for me and I feel like I don't want to walk around feeling on guard and I'm I'll fully admit I won't have to go into detail but I felt like that even dealing with my move this last week and dealing with contractors and lots of different people asking money of me and everything I just feel like there's just I'm very intuitive like I just feel vibes and I was just like there's there's a there's a weird vibe going like people aren't trusting everybody as much do you know what I'm saying I don't know Maybe you're just getting more cynical as you get older. I mean, I'm the eternal optimist. I'm like my mom. And it's, it's very uncomfortable for me to have to face this like cynical ass reality. I'm like, wait, so what? Like, yeah. Is going to what? Like, anyway, so uh, yeah. hugs well, to everybody. Speaking of cynicism, my topic, because mm-hmm. it's that time of year again. Oh, no. It's getting earlier and earlier. No. Oh, I was at my Costco. I, I posted this on Instagram, like, Two weeks ago. I, I've held this in for the last two weeks since our clip show week. <laughs> you didn't hold it in because you put it on social media. <laughs> Did you know they're selling Christmas decorations at Costco in it's, September? Wow. Because America. Because that's not okay. Because America. <laughs> it's not even Halloween yet. Because you know, though, I feel like maybe that's like our way of trying to chill everybody out. I know. You know I'm what like, I'm bring on Christmas. I feel like I we need really a little mean. bit of Christmas in our lives. Yeah, bring it earlier this all year because it's crazy right In now. August. You have right? all, this, all this talk about the war on Christmas. I can't celebrate Christmas. And people are still in Christmas Stop in making summer. wars. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, we got sick of the heat. And so we're like thinking Next year, we're going to start selling reindeer at freaking... Fourth it's gonna of be July an all time. year round thing, man. <laughs> I'm cool with Christmas all year round. Man. I love Christmas. <laughs> Me too. I listen you know to it I mean? in the summertime. Yo, when what? when no, once that's, that's, once Coast 103 starts playing the Christmas tunes all day long, that's the only station that my radio yes. is locked in on. I'm High like, five, yeah, let's, let's go Keep in on these. these Christmas there was a tunes. period of time in LA where I think it's, uh, I think 98.7 was going from Star to something else. And all they were playing was Feliz Navidad, twenty four seven for like a whole week. <laughs> and I remember this because I used to listen to that at night when I, well, I did my homework. And I was like, Are you, they're just playing Feliz Navidad. So you're like hearing it in your dreams and singing it in your shower subliminally. I'm just saying, I think maybe I just have some Christmas trauma. Which I think you do. Like I think it, you like pray on that and like you know spend some time with. Just saying, why can't elves? we celebrate like I don't know something more delicious all year round? What do you? Christmas is super delicious. That's what I'm talking about. Peppermint everything. <laughs> exactly. And I love the fact that everything's all the pumpkin stuff is like full effect right now. Like, <laughs> there, dude, last last year I found uh, extra chewing gum made of pumpkin what? gum. Oh. It was delicious. Like I bought it because I'm like, yo, there's pumpkin gum. I'm for sure trying it, and it was great. It was pumpkin pie just in in, in my mouth like gum form. Shut yeah, up. yeah, it was good. It was They're good. getting on that pumpkin train. It's pumpkin spice season. It PS, is. PSL as as like, is back in um in Yeah, Starbucks. PSL. Um PSL. is isn't it isn't it as soon as like September hits or something? Yeah. 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 It's the fall, man. Yeah, I went to Target. They had a whole kiosk full of every like food product, but there was a pumpkin version of everything. Yeah, there's pumpkin yeah. spice Oreos now. I love it. That's what I do. I make pumpkin <laughs> spice bread and I do like pumpkin spice cookies. I bake, so like Ooh. and I got a bigger kitchen now so I can bake more. Hey, let's go. I'm just saying, 
Stop being bitter. Well, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's mooncake season. Happy mid-autumn to everyone who celebrates oh, yeah. that. Autumn fest, har- harvest oh, wow. moon. Isn't um, Chosuk or... Chusok. What? Chusok. Yeah. I Chusok, That's like yeah. a really, really special day in Korea, though. I heard like no one's out in the streets. And Korea is like <laughs> wow. a very, very busy place in the you know metropolitan areas. Everyone's at family house eating. That's tight. Yeah. It's a to- that's their Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so they take it super serious. And I love that. I was like, I want to go back to Korea <laughs> and celebrate Thanksgiving with them. Because mm. I go crazy in our Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. You know, we'd have like 20 people over at our house. It's a great day. So <laughs> I want to do the Korea version of that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Thanksgiving is yeah. my favorite holiday for Is sure. it your favorite? Yeah. It's Not my cri- favorite. More than Christmas? More than Christmas only because I think it goes back to childhood. I think as a family, we did more to celebrate Thanksgiving as like an all-day event. Like you wake up. And then you just start cooking, and then we're all in the kitchen. I'm like chopping like nuts and like you know just rolling things and stuff like that. And I'm like it was just fun. And then like my cousins would come over and we'd all play, and like it just goes all day. Do yeah. you guys eat at 2 p.m. like the white people do? No, no. Okay, no. we legit have dinner. No. We have dinner. Yeah. We well we eat a little bit early, like five or six, because we're just cooking that bird, right? Uh-huh. And like potluck stuff, and then it gets darker earlier then. Yeah. So mm. we it wasn't like a late dinner, but no, not not two o'clock. <laughs> But we'd all be passed out. Like, right oh, yeah. There. Anyways, my point is, hashtag Christmas too early if you support. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> holidays all the way. <laughs> yeah, hashtag Christmas all year round. <laughs> hashtag no. Team Xmas. No. Team Xmas. I refuse this darkest reality. It truly yeah. is the darkest 2017. <laughs> no. If that has happened. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to go on Pandora now and <laughs> right play now. a Christmas. <laughs> and we'll be back to talk with Ben um, after the break. Stick around. Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Collabcast and to say happy International Podcast Day. Um, International Podcast Day was the 30th of September, uh, but it's not too late to celebrate. If you do enjoy this show and would like to help us out, please um, help us share the Collabcast, share your favorite moments, um, your favorite episodes on Twitter, Facebook, or wherever you wherever you share things and help us reach new audiences. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Um, the Collabcast, of course, is a part of collaboration. Um, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. Um, you can learn more about collaboration, our programs, and our other content by going to the website www.collaboration.org. Collaboration is also gearing up for our end of year uh, flagship events that culminates in our Collaboration Empower Weekend 2017. Empower Weekend is a three day event taking place over the first weekend of November, kicking off with our comedy night on Friday, November 3rd, taking place at the Great Company, followed up by our Empower Conference, which is a day long creative leadership conference uh, featuring speakers, panelists, and mentorship sessions from prominent Asian American actors, directors, filmmakers, creators, and executives. And that's taking place on Saturday, November the 4th at the Japanese American National Museum in Little Tokyo. And finally, on Sunday, November 5th, it's Collaboration Star 2017, our finale showcase and the culmination of our nationwide talent search. Check out six rising Asian American stars from across the nation uh, who've won their respective collaboration showcases, compete for the national title, as well as special one-night-only collaborations from Collaboration's favorite performers and past finalists. The first of which I'm really excited to announce for the first time on this on this podcast, um, which is Jen Chung um, collaborating with Tim Atlas and Melissa Polinar. 
If all that makes you excited,、um, you can learn more about our events and actually get your tickets by going to the website empower.collaboration.org.、Um, that website again is empower.collaboration.org. And Collabcast listeners can also get an extra bonus on top of the early bird pricing by entering the promo code Collabcast in all caps.、Um, that'll give you 15% off your total purchase. We're really, really excited to be bringing you all these events. And、um, we hope to see you there.、Um, again, for more information and to buy tickets,、um, the website is empower.collaboration.org. And remember, Collabcast all caps for a special discount. And finally, the Collabcast is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. As always, each week I like to highlight a different member of the collective. And this week I wanted to give a shout out to Books and Boba.、Um, books and Boba is a book club podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. And this coming week, Books and Boba will be doing its September book club discussion on the September book pick, Goodbye Vitamin by Rachel Kong,、uh, featuring special guest Minji Chang from the Collabcast. So, definitely check it out if you have time.、Um, but you can find Books and Boba and the other great podcasts of the collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And on that note, that'll do it for this Collabcast break.、Uh, let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to the Collabcast. We are a strictly anti early Christmas podcast here at the Collabcast. False. <laughs> I object on the strictest terms. <laughs> I'm Team Xmas, man. <laughs> team Xmas. Hashtag Christmas too early.、Um, <laughs> uh, once again, our guest this week is Ben Chung.、Um, he is a member of the Kinjas. Hey, hey. And a、uh, yeah, yeah. collaboration OG. OG. I want to hear more stories. I hear a lot of stories from PK. And then Christine from 2003 onward, but I don't even know about those first three years. Oh, man. Yeah, those、Do、are the.、Remember? Super like beginning, like beta phase of、uh, collaboration <laughs> with、yes. DJs and stuff. Yeah, so I, I, the, the story goes、uh, my friend Mike Chong and I, and,、uh, and Gabriel O,、oh, we, we did the Radio Korea Beach Festival, Viva Beach Fest. I think it was in 99. How old are you then? High school? Yeah, yeah, I just graduated high school, high school so I was、yeah. probably like 17 or whatever. And,、um, but yeah, we won, and then、uh, PK was hosting that. And so like, he was like, yo, man, like, you guys are dope. And like, I've always wanted to create like, a, like a Korean American talent show. And like, would you guys be down to like, help me do that? And we're like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. You know? So we we're so hype on it. And like, we would go to、uh, PK's apartment in West LA. Like, literally, just sitting around his dining table. It was like, all right, like, what do we call it? <laughs> like, let's, let's think of a name. And we're just like writing down names and we're like everything from like Asian invasion to <laughs> all these things, right? And then、um, I was kind of like, you know, like, what about collaboration? Because it's kind of you're trying to collaborate all different types of talent. And let's just throw a K in front of it because, you know, it's <laughs> Korean, right? And then that was the, the light bulb that went on. And it was like, <gasps> That's it. And so, yeah. And, and then, then history was made. Yeah. But yeah, the first collaboration was wild. Like, I definitely, because we were short on acts. So I definitely performed like four times that <laughs> night. Like, also, I, like, I rapped and then like, I did a fight scene. And then,、What? like, we definitely danced. And, like, yeah, there was, it, it, we just had to, like, double, triple up on everything. And we we're wearing every single hat. And it was,、um, it was at the USC Bovard、yeah. at that time. That was like 2001, right? Yeah. That was in、um, 2000. 2000, 2000. Um, and then, yeah, and then the, the year after,、uh, 
I was a part of it and we competed and then like we won. Is that a conspiracy? Like you, you create, you're part of the no. creation and you compete. That's and win. not how it goes though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but um, yeah, to see from there to like where it's at now, I'm literally looking around and looking at these posters. I keep looking at them and I'm just like, <laughs> wow, it's come a long way. It has. Yeah. yeah. I get the signed ones too. <laughs> yeah, these are like, dude, this is you know, it's pretty wild. And these aren't all the posters. These are the ones that some of the ones that I went to. This is a handful. I've been to like dozens and dozens. Of them. <laughs> yeah, so. and since then you've been on your own journey. And I mean, she wrote a big long profile. Still one of our most popular pieces um, on our web, on our blog oh, about that time I interviewed um, you and about you and Ben Mike. and okay. Mike uh, about the uh, the creation of the Jabberwockies, the Kinjas, and the whole. Like dance, you got your guys' dance odyssey. Or we something. can link that for sure. But yeah. like, also, I I don't know. Just like learning. I remember when I interviewed you guys. We were in that conference yeah. room, and we were just. I was hearing that whole story because I only knew bits and pieces. But when you guys like broke it down, and how many things like overlapped, and how you influenced Mike, and how Mike came around <laughs> because he wanted to like dance with you yeah. or like be in your footsteps and all that stuff that was so amazing and collaboration was a, a huge part of that because that was where i saw mike for the first time where he battled elsewhere and that <laughs> was the first ever dance viral video right that like before youtube and still one of our most popular i think we made like eight books off of it <laughs> people, yeah. people think that we're a dance competition they just think we're only dancing oh, yeah. because of that video that's crazy that's yeah that's awesome yeah i love and then both words. you and mike were on that first season of uh America's Best Dance Crew, right? Uh, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> ABDC season one, I was on with Jabberwockies. He was on with Kaba. And then, um, we all know, we they, Kaba should have made it to the finals, yeah. but, you know, TV politics and whatnot. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then, like, we just, we stayed, I mean, we were friends all the way from when I met him back in collaboration days. And then, uh, you know, from when he went to college, went to UCI, then he joined Kaba Modern, then we kind of stayed on, you know, from there, too, and then... After ABDC Jabberwockies happened, we got our show in Vegas. We like hit up Mike and Tony. We're like, yo, you guys want to dance with us in Vegas? And they're like, yeah. So like they came out there and then, you know, Mike did about a year out there and then he wanted to just go like, you know, do his own thing. And then he wanted to really turn Kinjas into something. And then uh, when I had uh, come back from Vegas in 2014, uh, you know, Mike and I just naturally just stayed linked. And then he was just like, yo, if you're back, like, we really want to turn this Kinjas thing into like the biggest thing ever. And like, if you're down to like roll with us, I'm like, yo, let's go. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We that's just when I met you, then. right? When you got back from Vegas, I think that's when I first, like we got coffee. Cause yeah. I was like, Ben, I need to know who you are. Yeah. We yeah. Didn't watch Conan. That was when we watched Conan, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was when we watched Conan. That was like my begin, my beginning, like early in my time in LA too. So like, I remember yeah. Christine and PK, everyone had talked about you. Uh -huh. I was just like, I want to get to know Ben. He sounds so awesome. <laughs> And he came up with our name, like I should know him. <laughs> yeah. But that was really cool because since then it's just then I feel like it was more firsthand watching you guys like just grow like crazy and like all the videos you guys are coming up with and then competing again and then doing the dojo and like now you know yeah. up to here. And then we just finished World of Dance too. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that that just finished back in May. Well, I mean we shot it earlier this year and then they aired it like six months later, which is weird. But um, there was yeah. a six months difference. Yeah, we because we shot it in January and then oh. and then it was done by like beginning of February and then it didn't air until like end of May. <laughs> so I don't know why they sat on it for so long, but yeah, I mean entertainment politics and all. That. I just <laughs> yeah, so weird, I just right? remember that was like 
<laughs> you know, there's like waves of like Asian pride during like the early <laughs> 2000s leading into like the 2010s where like, you know, we didn't have this big onslaught of content we have like th- these past few years. But every few years there was something that made us really, really like go Asians. And I remember America's Best Dance Girl was one, oh, of, those, was one of those times. That and was huge. I remember that because like um, – I went to UCSD, so we have Fusion there. So I've seen like all these like Asian dance crews and how awesome they are, and to see them representing on like a mainstream cable show, that was. I had Battlefest a... 360 in the Bay. So <laughs> wow, I was friends Battlefest, with, yeah. With AJ, who created that, and that's that was my into. I was like, my face when I would just watch the dance. I was like, because I can't dance for the life of me. <laughs> I freestyle. I go dancing a lot, but like choreo can't do it i tried i tried so many times my my cousin wants me to go back with her to uh in north hollywood she wants me to go to class with her i was like mm. i mean it's like it. taking instructions from other people i can kind of see no it's because i'm really in my head because i've taken them and every time it's like not that i'm incapable of doing the moves i just do them a half step late and then i forget because i'm like watching other people i'm not paying attention to my own st- i'm not like looking in the mirror paying attention to my own self i'm like watching everybody so it's bad and i learned a lot about myself though i told ben this because i was like it was the most meta experience (laughs) and it's super frustrating because it was a 90 minute class and at the end i'm just like i feel like the biggest failure and they had to do rounds and you watch because at the beginning all of us are kind of you know choppy by the end everybody had progressed except me and i'm like (laughs) I'm gonna stick to producing well, I think, shows. I, mean, I think like yeah, people get really intimidated by like hopping into a dance class, which I get. If you if that's not like what you do, then of course it's gonna be intimidating. And yeah, like you know, more than likely you're not gonna do the best. But I think that's why you have to just keep going. And it's just like anything. You, the more you do something, you're going to get better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I always keep encouraging people whenever they're curious about it, I'm like, dude, just go take a class and then keep going and you're going to see progression. So, Oh, now yeah. I got a bigger space in my new place. So I'm going to set up a mirror <laughs> do and it. YouTube and then that's it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Spend time with myself. Just um, put on some Zumba videos or something. Those, that's kind of dancing. No, that has, that has yeah. helped. They have helped. I've taken that. Zumba is freaking crazy. That, that, that is a beast of its own that's like taking over the world. I know. <laughs> yeah. There's another podcast, by the way, I recommend called um, How I Built This. and they, I, I listen to Did that you, one about Zumba, it was the, so the, good. The, the founders of it, yeah, it was that was crazy. a great yeah. story. Yeah, type. now they're gonna have how I built this, they should have the Kinjas, yeah. Because oh. I think <laughs> I'm all about that's why I love collab. Is that I think that it's great that we get to have people on our stages like at the beginning or like towards the beginning because you just watch everybody, like everyone that's been in our like a lot of them have stayed stuck with their art, and then you see how much they progress and everyone moves at their different pace. Yeah, I love it. So Ben, you've been been able to let allow your art to become your living, and you know a lot of uh, the the kids that we that we work with um, in other cities that are coming up through collaboration. They're all trying to figure out how how to make art their thing, right? So I guess my question for you is, what is a what is a dancer's life like in in today's world? Wow, yeah, the dancer's life it it really varies from. Um, like what you're trying to get out of dance. I think that's kind of the first question because people ask me that all the time. Like, how do I make this my career? And then I always have to follow that up with a bunch of questions. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, you, technically, if you if you do something and you get paid, that's your career. But, you know, like, do you expect to be like a millionaire off of this? Mm-hmm. If, if that's what you're trying to do, then there's, I mean, not to say you can't, but there's different ways to approach it. Um, I mean, shoot, for myself, like I never went into dance thinking that 
I'm going to do this because this is a great career move. It was just something that I did because I'm just going to do this no matter what, you know what I mean? And like, um, it's just something that I would do for free because I love it. And then I think that's the great thing about um, pursuing the arts. Uh, normally, it's because you, you're talented and you love something and you'd be doing it anyway. But then I think um, as I kept doing it, I started to see that there were people who were like making it their living. And so I would ask the questions to people. I'm like, yeah, you're booking tours and you're on commercials. Like, I want to do that. Like, how do I do that? You know, and then, you know, they would be like, oh, you need to get an agent and you need to, you know, get your stuff together. And like back then, this was before YouTube. So, you know, like you have to have a resume and then like you have to have like a, a reel and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then and then send your reel out to people. But now that there's like YouTube, it's like all there for you. It's all built in. So anybody can kind of like promote themselves through the, you know, social media and stuff. But, um, I, you know, from where I started to where I'm at now, I think it it's always been, um, I never like to do anything like by myself because one, it's just not fun. You know, <laughs> I like doing things with like my friends, you know, and uh, just surrounding myself with a good group of people who um, we they all possess different skills, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I think that's what makes a team so important. And I'm sure you guys know that even with collaboration, like not everybody wears the same hat, but if, if everyone did, then nothing would ever get done. Like mm-hmm. you need people to do yeah. different things. And so, um, yeah, just being able to uh, run with good folks who are smart, driven, um, hard work ethic, you know, and, 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 um, upholding integrity is such a huge thing, you know, because that's so hard to find these days too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with like where I'm at now with Kinjas, I think we naturally, the people that are here were my friends from when I began my dance journey and like that have kind of stayed my friends. Like Mike was at pretty much at the beginning of my dance journey too. Like, you know, that was when I was really getting into it. And then Mike like started it then. And then, um, I mean, yeah, he's like one of my best friends to this day. And like, uh, now we're business partners, you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, it's not to say it's easy. It's definitely hard. And uh, we're we're making mistakes all the time. You know, we're not businessmen, so to speak. We didn't go to school for business. But I think a lot of it comes with just uh, common sense, you know, and just good instinct. And, and, um, and then surrounding yourself also people with, like, people who do business, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, one of our other partners is he, he did go to school for business. So, um like when you're turning your your passion into now a career and then now turning that into a business where you have like you know staff and employees and and you know responsible for other people other than yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. uh you got to do things right so yeah yeah there's just a lot to it very true i think a lot of the things that, like in the collaboration world too cuz we're like producing things and we're trying to do leadership development and things like that one of the catch 22s about working with really driven people can be sometimes that everyone's very strongly opinionated right and i can imagine that even with artists cuz as an actor you know i i kind of witness that on set all the time like you that's why they have names you know titles for everybody because they need to kind of prevent friction by saying that's the authority so i yeah i just reflect on that because i i really respect the one thing that i've not the one thing but one of the biggest things i've always respected about the kinjas is that that brotherhood is so so apparent it's not something you even need to say even though that's part of what you guys do as your brand but like i don't know i really respect that and it honestly reminds me of collaboration because sometimes even as director like i can take either too much credit or too much burden thinking like i gotta do all this i have to figure all this out but a lot of times it's like no just look at my team just make marvin do it (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll text you at 4 a.m. Be like, did you do this? No, that was a dream. <laughs> that was the dream. But do you guys ever have that, like, where you guys have, like, really different creative visions? And then so you're, like, bumping heads about, you know, like, how does that work? Because there's so many of you guys in it. Like, I imagine, like, if you're choosing, like, what to perform for World of Dance, like... Absolutely. There's always a difference of opinion. Um, I don't think that's ever a problem. I think that's actually a great thing to have a difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it just, it it gives so much more offering. You know, it's like we have a choice now. Do we go this way, this way, this way, this way? And if if you only had one, you know, one person who's creative and it's like, all right, I guess that's all we have, that all we're limited to. But um, yeah, in, in the case of like, say, like a world of dance or ABDC, you know, knowing that we only have X amount of opportunities to perform. Mm-hmm. So we're like, dude, we have like five opportunities max. Like, because we know that there's like five episodes that we're going to be on or something. Or right. that's the maximum amount of time. We're like, okay, so what are we going to say in five five opportunities? Is like, if we even get those five opportunities. So everything had to be very meticulous down to like, what are we trying to say? Uh, what do we want to look like? What song do we want to move to? Um, is there a message that we want to put out there? Like so many things. So like it, our rehearsals, especially when we're creating for something big like that, majority of it is talking and like uh, and like really just getting on the whiteboard and just writing stuff out. Like it's like we're we're going to battle. Like it's really like a science. And then like scratching things out and like because the movement side of it to be honest like that's kind of the easy part like the dancing stuff is like that's just what we do like music and movement yeah we can just like crap out like eight counts and stuff like that <laughs> but like and not to say that it's easy but you know i'm you know what i'm that's saying what like happens that. in your pro <laughs> i wish i could crap out <laughs> same here i'm sitting here like damn what's that like <laughs> no but like my eight counts literally look like crap <laughs> <laughs> that's good man that's good i like that that's well good. done um but no it's more of just yeah like direction and um yeah a lot of talking but like the great thing about it though is though everybody's um opinionated uh we're very respectful of each other and i think the respect that we have for each other comes from yeah the brotherhood and the brotherhood thing it, you can't fabricate that like that yeah. wasn't like yeah. hey if you're gonna be a part of this like you have to act like a brother like you no. know like no like we, the only people that are here are people who organically just roll together anyway like yeah. people that we kick it with like this person's a good dude like yeah he's an amazing dancer but beyond that He's just a good dude. Like, I like being around this guy. So when we all get into that space and knowing that, like, everybody, you know, speaking of wearing different hats, we all kind of recognize within our squad, especially ones that are, like, you know, tailor-made for a show. Like, everybody in that squad for that show is, like, like handpicked by, like, Anthony and Mike because, you know, they're the founders of it. Yeah. Uh, very meticulously. Like, they're like, you know, I think Pat would be good because he's really good at directing in this way. And, like, you know, I think Ben would be able to, like, help, like, you know, style us for the show for the, you know, what we're going to look like. And, you know, like, it just goes down goes down the line in terms of what everybody's uh, strengths are. Nice. So knowing that uh, when somebody's like, hey, I think we should do this and on a creative level, it's like, okay, we know that you wear that creative hat really well. So I'm just going to trust you and let's just go with it, you know? And, and then we, we, we tend to do that. Like we're like, we just have trust in each other I and, and we have each other's backs to the fullest. And so we're just like, cool, if I trust you, then you have my full support. I'm going, I'm going at a hundred with you. So let's go. Yeah. You need to go like 
train businesses <laughs> because I'm telling you, like my, you know, our, all our friends, because we all have like our artist friends, you know, and that's like its own universe, which I love. And then I go out into the regular, my former world. Like I go to San Francisco and I see my friends who are working in hospitals and my friends who work in tech and stuff, and they're constantly just again it's scale too you know it's a larger company but like the dynamics that can exist not everywhere <laughs> but like it's very political it's very undermining and and again it's just it doesn't create like this is your if, if you're doing something for a living whether it's like your passion or not like tech might not be your passion but it's something that you're contributing what like 68 hours a week we should create should. that we should create the asian af slash kinjas corporate training program we should asian though AF. i truly, because like i want that to be my every, business that i create i feel like yeah i feel <laughs> like every business artist. unit any team can use yes improv training and dance training yes <laughs> coordination yeah. and, and just and, listening yeah. and teamwork <laughs> and like you know learning how to handle I mean, flies and trust right that's what you were saying trust that's the important thing about bonds whether it be like brotherhood or or like friendship or something it has to exist on both sides for it to work it can't be one one person believes that there's a bond the other person doesn't because that's just one-sided it's at its strongest when it's when both people believe that there's this trust together there's this bond like right? you trusting me i'm going to take that responsibility and i will then execute and we'll you know this will yeah. be and you know what i think like um i'm, I'm giving away our secret formula right now. <laughs> um no but i think it's actually something that makes us very unique too as a business is um you know people say don't ever go to go into business with friends or family right mm-hmm. and and i feel like and we say this all the time like those are the probably those are probably the people that have failed at it right <laughs> yeah like once they fail that yeah don't ever do it but not like you don't hear that from the people who actually succeed at it, right? So, and it's not like every single business that has friends and family that have started it have all failed. So we're like, how do we not fail? You know, and yeah. um, and I think it just comes down to uh, sticking to your your core values from what you were from the very beginning, from day one. So uh, for Kinjas, we were not a business day one. We didn't go into it thinking like, we're going to start this dance company that's going to be a business and we're going to call it Kinjas. Like, that's not what it was. It was something that was just organically homegrown. It was a bunch of friends that loved to dance and perform together. And then it turned into a business. And um, having experienced all kinds of stuff myself, you know, doing, you know, dance and business, uh, you know, together, I knew that like we needed to maintain the integrity from what it was from day one. And it was if we were to ever lose that, then we would also lose our business because the magic of the business is the magic of the crew. What 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 is appealing is what it was from day one. It doesn't become more appealing or uh, just because uh, one day you decide like, hey, we're going to start, you know, changing our model to a business like it, you got to stick to the right. the roots. And for us the brotherhood was the root of it all. So, um, and I do even see it like when, when we're hanging out and just being friends, it helps our business. Like we, we, cause uh, you know, like your, your partners are your friends and your friends are your partners. So as you're hanging out, having dinner or going, doing whatever, watching Goog, watching Goog. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you end up talking about stuff like that, that is pertaining to your work life. But then, because of the the camaraderie that you're sharing as friends, you're like, dang, dude, like I'm down for you. And I think that's the thing that we talk about trust. It's hard to it's hard to maintain trust with people that you view them only in one light or you only see them in this uh, environment or setting. But when you can like see each other in multiple places, like yeah, we're hanging out at Disneyland, or now we're like at work and you know we're in the studio, we're choreographing, um, and then knowing that I can trust you no matter where we're at. 
will continue to help push you, especially when your back's up against the wall and you have like something that you really got to do. You're like, dang, bro, okay, I trust you, man. Let's go, you know? Yeah. So I think the, the camaraderie aspect of it is, is so huge in terms of uh, being able to have that trust in each other. I, I, I have so many feels because it's like good to hear this when I'm sitting with Marvin because he's like one of my main, you know, trusted What's the word? I don't say comrade. I mean, I'm having terror dreams about you texting me at night. Yeah, we have. I mean, besides that, despite that, we. I. I, Yeah, I think that just getting reminded of that—that's a very important thing. I think you, you, you gave a really golden nugget for all our listeners. Boom. Boom. (laughs) That's so dope. Do you have any plans of, um, like, what you? I mean, do you think like 10, 20 years down the line with this right now? Or is it just like you're taking each day at a time? You got China now <laughs> to think about. Yeah, absolutely. It's both. Um, yeah, I definitely see this as like a, a, a big picture. And I think um, what I love about uh, what we do too is that though we what we do, our product is dance, you know, in, for the majority of it, um, it's not limited to that. And I think we've been able to kind of prove that concept by, uh, collaborating with um, other businesses and other brands that have nothing to do with dance. Which they love. Yeah. Love and, you know, we just took a chance with it. And, and what I love about, like, our current culture right now is that um, you can kind of do anything you want. And it's it's weird. What I mean by that is, like, so we collaborated with After's Ice Cream. Um, <laughs> and, like, it, it's like, what, 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 what are you guys going to do with an ice cream? And we're like, oh, well, we're going to make an ice cream flavor. And then, you know, we're going to, like, make, like, a T-shirt and a hat and, you know, a little collab merch piece. And then, you know, they're opening up their new shop in Alhambra, which is down the street from our studio. So we're just mm-hmm. going to welcome them to the block. And we're going to do a little in-store performance. That's so dope. And, uh so, you know, Andy Andy Nguyen, he's the owner of uh, one of the co-owners of Afters. You know, he's a good friend of mine. And he's just another progressive thinker. And he just thinks outside the box. And he um, loves creating uh, something from nothing and, and just new ideas. And uh, so, you know, I've always been talking to him about, dude, we got to do something together. And then it just so happened that the that their Alhambra location was open here. Like, yo, let's do like a a collab. And then it just worked out. And we had one of our um, in-house homies who's a chef. Like we went into their their ice cream flavor labs and he's like, dude, I have like this really dope, like black sesame ice cream flavor (laughs) uh, recipe. And he's like, like, I'll make it. And so it was like totally like, in-house like all the way the kinjas that came in with our own chef we had our guy like yeah he's at he has this recipe we had like caramelized rice crispy treats on top it was amazing it's freaking delicious so i'm gonna go (laughs) yeah that's the beauty of being in a creative space with other creative people like with collaboration with kinjas with like the people that we were around because you have a lot of people talking about their big dreams and people pushing them to like pursue them and then it all comes together at the end when everyone's doing their thing. I have right? literally used the dance crew, the metaphor. I think it was, it was either Kava, I think it was Kava in one of my staff meetings in collaboration. I was like, "Do you see how they're moving with precision? It's because they know what the hell they're gonna do." And I used it as a metaphor That's for hilarious. like having our stuff together, and for us, it's live event production. Right, but I feel like right. we gotta be in sync with one another. We gotta know what's going on. I don't care if you're in this room, you're out there, but you gotta know what's going on in this room. Like I had this whole thing. <laughs> that's so, good. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I love the the creative arts. It, it feeds you in different ways. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You can take dance choreo and like 
translate it to whatever it is that you're doing, either the precision or the movement or the inspiration or the things that it makes you think about. But I literally used a dance crew. I was like, <laughs> so this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to move together with precision. <laughs> I love that. When was that? That was ridiculous. I wish I recorded these things. It's That's so hilarious. Funny. Yeah, I wish I was in that room. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, so you know we're we're definitely looking at bigger picture things with things outside of dance. Uh, you know, we have a clothing line right now Dude. that's like thriving. And um, I saw someone in Texas wearing your jacket, and it was hot. And I was hey, like, "Dude, Kinjas!" And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Aren't you hot though?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. It's been a hot you gotta, summer. You gotta suffer for your style, man. Yeah. I saw I saw a girl in Chinatown. It was definitely like it had to have been a hundred degrees outside. <laughs> she was rocking one of our jackets. I'm like, dude, there's this is not jacket weather, but yeah, I no, love no, you no. right now. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. This. yeah. Yeah. I was I should have taken a photo. I was thinking of you guys. I was like, I should send this to Mike and Ben. That's so tight. But it was yeah, like 90 it. degrees and 100 percent humidity. I was like, damn. That's, that's what's up. That's commitment. But or then he, inside or is he like doesn't easy. have a shirt inside. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> just all sweat. It was inside, a black right? jacket with the, yeah. The bomber jacket. Yeah, yeah. People yeah, love yeah. that. People love our it's bomber Houston jacket. Houston summer heat. Wow. That's dedication. So, that's but devotion. it looks dope. So congratulations. That's really cool how, yeah, it like keeps growing. Yeah. Know? And, you know, we, we want to dip into so much more. Like, uh, you know, doing the Afters ice cream collab. We're like, yo, man, I think we have <laughs> something here like for food and beverage. Because I think what, what I love about what Kinja's is, it's, we're we're basically we're an entertainment company you know we're not just like a dance crew and i think um a lot of what we do um and what we're like kind of i guess good at is like marketing you know <laughs> and like and we've developed a, a strong so. a strong brand. brand and and i think the brand aspect of it um is exciting because you could take that and apply it to really any business model so like health and wellness to food and beverage um music um fashion all of that so we, we definitely have plans to dip our feet into all those arenas when the nice. time is right but um our minds are definitely there yeah watch out zumba kin just coming seriously in. Hey. though you're gonna be on how Taking i made over. this i told you i called it <laughs> next year all la fitness sponsored by kinja's classes <laughs> yo i'm Let's with go. it and speaking of podcasts we're actually starting a podcast soon nice. too. So love this, is, this is good good practice right yeah, now yeah. it is i'm gonna listen to that yeah. i love what you guys talk about too and we've talked about how like you, you guys have said that dance is a lot more than the movement. It's a lot about the art and listening and your body and everything being insane. I was like, oh, this is a great <laughs> philosophy for life. Like, I would totally listen to this. Yeah. So. Cool are stuff. Are we going on time? I think, okay. um, I think that'll do it. Uh, okay. We've been here for over about an hour now. Um, thanks so much to our guest, Ben Chung, for joining Thank us. Thank you so much for coming My out. pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm we're, down we're for this anytime. Glad to so be fun. your practice podcast. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> do you know when yours is going to come out? Uh, soon. So um, Charles, Charlie, he's uh, he's going to be our podcast personality. And um, he's actually in the think tank. Like even last night we had a meeting about uh, – like how to structure it and stuff. So I know nice. he wants to get into it very soon. So that should be out within the probably the next month. If people want to find out more of your stuff, where can they go? Kinjas.com, K-I-N-J-A-Z. And we're all over our social media at Kinjas, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube.com slash The Kinjas. Do you want to plug your personal stuff too? Oh, my personal IG Twitter at BTEK, B-T-E-K underscore Ben Chung. And uh, that's about it for me. We didn't yeah. really ask about how yeah. you came up with your dance where's name. Your, where's, where's BTEK come <laughs> oh, from? Oh, man. BTEK has actually, there's many iterations of it. But as it currently stands, um, 
So I, I kind of like we have this thing called Kinja's Chronicles, right? Okay. And with it's a like K? with a K. Everything's with a K. <laughs> you got to brand the crap out of that K. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it came from the collaboration days. I don't know. Probably. I'm <laughs> just saying though. Um, but no, like uh, so we have this thing where we wanted to create like this alternate universe, and so we have characters within that universe. And so you know, I'm like, you know, I feel like I love the idea of time travel. You know, Back to the Future is like my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> And um, so I was like, dang, dude. And so when I came up with my Chronicles character, I was like, yo, I'm like this guy that came from uh, came from the past, but I'm in the future. And I've seen in the future and I come back and I like tell my crew, like, here's what we need to do, guys. This is about to happen. So that's kind of like my character. So I was like, yo, I'm like a I'm like a time traveler. That's tight. So B-Tech actually transformed now into Ben, the time exploring Kinja. Oh, so that's where it's at, baby. B Tech. Oh my god! I would watch that anime. (laughs) He so would, and then he'd make a podcast about it. Let's go, man! And then they do fanfic, and it it just whole thing. That's Uh, so dope. As always, you can reach us at the Collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. We always love hearing from you. Um, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. And give us a good rating and review. That always makes us happy. And special thanks to Tim Atlas for use of his song Die for this uh, episode's intro and outro. And yeah, thanks for joining us, Ben. Thank you. Um, B-Tech. B-Tech. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck in your future time travels. Thank you very much. And podcast and all the things. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Peace. <laughs>